Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, happy Labor Day weekend. Glad you're here with us and not at the beach. Um, went, I, we went to the beach on Friday. It was nice, but uh, it was kind of rough, and my kids didn't want to get in the water because the water was so rough. And then, they, and then they saw a jellyfish wash up on the beach, and they were, eh, we're not going to get in the water. And I said, I, I wanted to show them. No, it's okay. I said, look, I'll, I'll go out. I went out, jumped in the water, got smacked in the face with a jellyfish. I came back in. I, that didn't help convince them to get in the water. Um, but it was good. It was exhilarating. So um, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Hey, if you'd take your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5. And um, been speaking about faith the last, I don't know how long, and I don't know how much longer, not much longer because I got other things I want to get into, but been speaking about faith, and we've been, we've been reading about one of the scriptures we've been reading over and over is, if you've got faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and it'll obey you. You remember that? Listen, do you believe this word right here? Do you, do you believe this word is true? Every bit of it. You have to make that decision in your own heart, don't you? It's called, it's called faith. You've got to have faith in this word. I, I read a story just the other day. I thought, oh, man, this is, this is, a, this is a great story for where we're going. It was, this was actually written by Marco Polo on one of his journeys. He learned this particular story. He was in a town, and this, this town had a lot of Christians and a lot of Muslims. They were living together. Um, in, in relative peace, and, and he kind of learned the history of this town, and it, and it so happened that the Muslims many years before in the 1200s had come in and invaded this city. They came in, and they just laid waste to the thing. They, they dominated the city. And then the Muslim leader had a, had a thought. He said, I want to convert everybody in this city to become Muslims. And so he had all the Christian, Christians brought before him, and he said, you all have a decision to make. Do you believe that this Bible is true? And all the Christians said, yeah, we believe this Bible's true. He said, do you believe every word in this Bible is true? And they said, yes, we believe every word in the Bible is true. He opened to that scripture. If you've got faith, like a grain of mustard seed, say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea. He said, you've got 10 days. You see that mountain right over there. You've got 10 days. If you don't move that mountain in the next 10 days, I'm going to either execute all of you or you must convert to the Muslim faith. That's a pretty bold thing to do. They, the Christians were terrified. They didn't know what to do. They went home, began to pray, began to intercede. Lord, what do we do? They began to fast. Lord, what do we do? And the Lord spoke to them. And they said, he, he said, send for a man who's in another town. He's, he's a, a little shoemaker. His name has been lost to history, but he was just a little shoemaker. They said, send this man. He's going to help you. And so they sent for him. The man came, and they explained the situation. And the man said, okay, I'm going to help you guys. And he began to pray with them. At the end of 10 days, they went before that Muslim leader. And there they stood in front of the mountain. He said, now move the mountain. And the little shoemaker got down and he just prayed a real simple prayer. Lord, help me. He got up and he said, in the name of Jesus, mountain, be thou removed. And suddenly an earthquake happened. The ground began to shake and they literally watched the mountain begin to shift and move from one place to another. And those Muslims were sitting there with their mouths hanging open. They couldn't believe it. And every one of them became Christians. But listen, I want you to understand something. You have to come to a place where you either believe this word or you don't. Either it's true and it's all true or it's not. 
And we've been talking about faith, and I think sometimes with our faith, what happens is we say, yes, we believe it, but then what do we do? We water it, we water it down. Well, he didn't really mean say to a mountain. He said he means say to you know, the little situations that happen in your, in your daily life. He didn't mean mountains. Well, did he mean it or not? What did he mean? You gotta decide what you believe. And in Galatians 5, verse 6, it says this, and just look at the last of the part of the verse here. He says, what matters is faith working. How? Through love. How does your faith work? Listen, you got to get to a place where you believe this word, where you've got some faith in you. We've been talking about your faith working. Your faith will work for you. And I want to talk to you today about how your faith works, because your faith only works through love. Your faith only works through love. If your love's not working, listen to this. If your love's not working, your faith's not working. Because your faith will not work apart from his love. So sometimes we get out. There's all kinds of things in this world that will try to get you out of love. There's all kinds of things that will try to punch holes in your heart so you can't hold on to his love. But you got to make that decision. I'm not going to let anything affect my love because I don't want anything affecting my faith. I bought a, I bought a car years ago. And this car... It was, it was a fixer-upper, right? And I went to the guy's house, and I said, I was looking at the car, and I said, does it run? He said, yeah, it runs, but it doesn't stop. I said, what do you mean it doesn't stop? He said, well, there's, there's no brakes. He says, you can use the, I just, he said, I drive it all the time, but I just use the emergency brake. I thought, you're crazy. And right, and so he said, I said, but it, but it runs. He said, yeah, yeah, it runs. And he went to the back, and he poured gas into the tank. I thought, why is he pouring gas in the tank? Shouldn't there be gas in your tank already? And he poured the gas in, and I just hear splash, splash on the ground, splash. I said, well, I looked down, there's gas all over the ground. I said, what's with the gas? He said, oh, the tank's full of holes. But you just, it's okay, you just keep filling it up. I thought, that's not going to work for me, okay? I don't want to just pour gas on the ground. But that's what he was doing. So the first thing I did was put a new gas tank on the car. But listen, your faith only works by love, but you got to be able to hold on to that love. But see, a lot of us, we've got holes, holes in us, and we're, the love's coming, but it's just, come, it's just leaking out. And I don't mean in a good way, like you're leaking it out, like loving people. It's just like, I can't hold on to his love because I'm letting, I'm letting this person frustrate me. I'm letting that person say something to me. I'm getting upset by everybody. I'm angry all the time. I'm kicking buckets and getting all kinds, you know what I mean? Instead of, instead of walking in love, you got to be able to hold on to his love because faith only works by love. Listen, the, the Bible says the thief comes only to do what? Steal. You should know this by now. There's going to be a test later. Steal, kill, and destroy. But what's Jesus come to do? Give you life. And what kind of life? Okay. So the thief's come to steal. He wants to steal the, the word out of you. He wants to steal the love out of you. If he can get the love out of you, now he's got, he's got access to you because there's no faith protecting you. There's no faith rising up when the situation demands that you don't have faith because you don't have love, and, and faith only works through love. See, some of you guys, you've been through some things. Maybe you're watching today online. You've been through some heartache, you know? You've been through, you've been through some hurt. You've been put through the ringer. You know what it's like to, 
to be in a, a, a battle with, and it feels like in a battle with people and people are against you and you, you've felt all this and sometimes we transfer that onto God and we think that's how God must love us, maybe the way people have treated us and we don't understand the love of God. I want you to understand today his love for you. I want you to get a hold today of the love that God has for you because if you can get a hold of his love, listen, faith works, but it only works by love. But you got to get in his love. Maybe you need a heart transplant today. Listen, he'll give you a new heart. If you, if you have a broken heart, he's all about putting you back together. Listen, Jesus came. What did he do? And, and we've heard the scripture so many times when Jesus came and he opened up that scroll, scroll in Isaiah in Luke chapter 4. And he began to read, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to what? Preach good news to the poor. And he goes down the list to preach good news, to, to mend the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to those that are bound. And, and he goes through this whole list. And listen, everything that he says is a manifestation of God's love. Everything that he is sent to do is manifesting the love of God. So Jesus came. He didn't come to destroy lives. He came to put people back together because people were broken. And he, so he came, if you were bound, he, that means Jesus came, he was anointed to set you free. If you're bound by sin, he came to set you free. If you're bound by addiction, he came to set you free today. That's the will of God. Because God's will for you is, is all about his love. He's all about you being free. He's all about you being, if you're brokenhearted, Jesus said, I came to bind the brokenhearted. So that means the love of God wants you whole. Whatever your situation is today, if there's, if there's brokenness in your life, whether it's in your body, Jesus came to heal. He doesn't want you broken in your body. If you're broken in your mind, he didn't, he didn't, came, he didn't come so that you could have life that's broken. He came so that you could have abundant life. He wants you put back together. He came to put you back together, Humpty Dumpty. He wants you in one piece, not broken. That's the will of God. That's the love of God. Look at, this, look at this scripture with me just for a second. Look what he did in the life of Zacchaeus, Luke chapter 19. I love this story. It's just a short little blip on the map. Luke chapter 19. And Jesus is coming through town. You know the story. Jesus is passing through town, and there's this little guy, Zacchaeus, that can't, isn't it funny? Yeah, little Zacchaeus. He can't see he can't see over the heads of the people because he's a little too short, so he climbs up into the tree. Well, he's a, he's a bad kind of guy, isn't he? He's a tax collector. He's a cheat. He's a, he's a robber. He's a thief. But he climbs up in the tree to see Jesus. And Jesus takes one look at him, and I believe the love of God just was being manifest through Jesus because everything Jesus did, listen, God is love. So everything Jesus did was a manifestation of the love of God toward people. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Jesus was showing the goodwill of God, the love of God. And so he took one look at Zacchaeus and he loved him. And he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to go to your house. And the people start getting upset. The people start getting mad, don't they? Look, look what they said. They, they said, He's gone to lodge with a sinful man. But look what Zacchaeus says. He stands there in verse 8. He says to the Lord, Lord, look, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. If I've exhorted anything from anybody, and he knew he had, I'll pay back four times as much. 
And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. Look, all Jesus did was say to, to say to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. All he did was say, hey, I'm coming into your house. And man, that love of God hit Zacchaeus. And he's like, I got to change my life because Jesus is coming into my house. I got to get things in order. My house is a mess, but Jesus is coming. And when Jesus comes, listen, when Jesus comes in, everything that's wrong gets made right. It doesn't matter how messed up you might have been, but when Jesus comes in, everything's made right. Listen, he wants you put back together. He came to Zacchaeus and he loved him so much. He said, I'm going to his house because I want to put his house right. I want to put his life right. He's a mess, but I want him. That's the love of God. He wants you put back together. And he went through that town and there was a lot of people he passed by, but he looked at Zacchaeus and he knew Zacchaeus was lost. He knew Zacchaeus needed him. And so he reached, he says, the son of man's come to seek and save the lost. Listen, we got to have that heart of God, don't we? You got to understand God's love and manifest God's love to people. Whew, come on. So, but listen, here's the contrast. Judas was with Jesus for three and a half years. Zacchaeus spent one afternoon with him and it changed his life forever. Judas was with him for three and a half years. What's the difference? Judas never let him in. Judas never let him in. Zacchaeus said, Lord, come on, come, I'm gonna fix everything because I want you coming in my house. Judas didn't want to fix it. He didn't want Jesus in there. Listen, you might be coming to church. You might have been coming to church for three and a half years. You might be watching online for three and a half years. Listen, listen, you can come to church and not have him in here. You gotta have, you gotta have him in here so he can make everything right. He doesn't want you messed up. Some people say, well, that's okay. I can come to, you can come to church messed up, but the point is you're not supposed to stay that way because when he comes in, he fixes you. He wants you fixed. He didn't come to leave you broken. Amen. Go to, go to 1 John chapter four. I want to talk about the love of God because faith works by love but you got to hold on to this love. 1 John chapter 4, and there's so much here, and I just encourage you to read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Read these, because John understood the love of God. John called himself, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. He understood love. He understood that Jesus loved him beyond anything else. And then, First John, let me just start here at verse 16. He says, we've come to know. We've come to know and believe the love that God has for us. Listen, he says, we've come to know and we've come to believe the love. He knows it, but it's not enough just to know it. He says, I know it and I believe it. You know, sometimes I tell my kids, I walk into one of their rooms in particular. Every time I walk in, I say, you got you to gotta clean this place. And you know what they tell me? I know. We'll do it. Knowing it is not enough. Stop fighting with your sister. I always tell you don't fight with your sister. I know. Well, stop it. 
You know, we do this as adults too. How many of you know what the speed limit is? Knowing it, am I right, Joel? Knowing it is not enough. Officer Coddle will get you. Knowing it's not, hey, I know ice cream's bad for me. I'm still going to have it for dinner tonight. I like it. Hey, you guys that came to the ice cream social, that was good, wasn't it? I appreciate that. That was such a nice time. We're going to do that again soon because I like ice cream. And, um, but he says, he says, we know it. We know the love and we believe the love that God has for us. Listen, we're called, what does the word call us? We're called believers. That's what defines us. We're believers. We have to believe something. What do you believe? Do you believe the word or not? Do you believe the love that God has for you or not? You'll believe something. The world uses this word unbelievable. That's unbelievable. You know, when it comes to the word of God, there's nothing unbelievable. This is, this is believable. This is the only believable thing there is, but they use this word unbelievable. I, I looked up some unbelievable facts to share with you. If you want to hear something unbelievable, Neil Armstrong, when he returned from his moon landing, had to clear U.S. customs. You can, you can look it up. It's, that's true. You can look it up and see the actual custom form he had to fill out. The can opener was invented 48 years after the tin can. I don't know what they did before. They had a bunch of cans sitting around. One day somebody's like, let's open these. We, we need an opener. Um, a cloud, an average size cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds. It's hard to fathom, isn't it? And my, my personal favorite, Iran, the country of Iran, once arrested 14 squirrels on suspicion of espionage. You can, you can look those up, that's true. There are things that are unbelievable in this world, but this word is believable. And you can know the love and you can believe the love today. See, listen, here's the difference. Knowing is up here. I know the word is true, but that's not enough. You gotta have it down here. This is believing in my heart. My heart is my spirit. I believe in my spirit. I might know things in my head, but it's got to be more, it's got to make the journey to get into my heart. That's how you, you begin renewing your mind by reading this word. It gets in here first, and then it gets into here. The more you get it in here, the more it'll start sinking down into here. You have to get it into your spirit. And I think this is where a lot of Christians have a hard time because they say, I believe, you know, I could read this scripture to the average Christian. Do you believe the love of God? Yes, I believe the love of God. Do you believe God loves you and he wants the best for you? Yeah, I believe God loves me. They, 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 but really, they know it. They don't necessarily believe it. Because then if you say, well, do you believe God wants to heal you? I don't know about that. Well, don't, you don't believe the love then. Do you believe that God wants to take care of you? Uh, he wants to provide for your needs. Uh, I'm not sure about that. There's a lot of needs in the world. He's busy. Well, you don't believe the love. You see what I'm getting at? It's got to be more than this. It's got to be this. So he goes on to say this in verse 16. God is love. God is love. Not God has a bunch of love. He doesn't say God has so much love. He's, he's so full of love. He says God is love. Love literally defines God. 
See, when I put my faith in his love, I'm believing what his word says he will do for me. I'm believing that God wants to do, he not only says he'll do it, he wants to do it because it's his love that will, that will do it for me. Amen? Verse, keep going, verse 16. The one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Listen again, there are so many things that will try to get you outside of his love. They'll try to get you away from the love of God. You have to remain in his love. You've got to make the choice. You're the one that does it. There's people that have hurt you. There's things that have come against you. There's problems and all this that can try to get you out of his love. But you've got to make the decision to remain in his love. Because if you remain in his love, you remain in him. Listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It feels like we do sometimes because that's how we see. We're interacting with the world with our flesh and our blood instead of our spirits. But listen, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities. There are, there are demonic spirits so many times behind the things that are happening. And you don't recognize it because you don't see it. I was reading this verse earlier today where Jesus at the Last Supper, he said, one of you disciples is going to betray me. And, it, and, and John says, who, who is it, Jesus. And Jesus said, it's the one I dip my bread and give it to. And he gave it, he dipped the bread and gave it to Judas. And then there's this interesting statement. It says, and then the devil entered Judas. How'd they know the devil entered Judas? Jesus saw him because he wasn't only interacting with the world through his flesh and his blood. He was interacting with the world through the spirit. And he, I bet he literally saw, watched the devil get inside Judas. He said, what you got to do, go do quickly. And the devil got up through Judas and went out to betray him. So listen, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. If you recognize that, you'll stop being so mad at people. You got no business being mad at people. Get mad at the devil if you want to get mad at somebody. You can, you can talk to him any kind of rough way you want to, but you got you to be kind to people. You got to love people. They get, me, they get on my nerves. So What? Stop getting, stop getting so easily offended. Come on. Because I want to I remain in his love. Something gets me mad. Look, I know every one of us deal with that. We all get mad at times. We all get frustrated at times. Just get, get mad and then get over it. Okay? Because if, if you want to remain in his love, that's more important to me than being mad at some person even if I'm offended, even if they have a different political view than me and they tell me about it on Facebook, I don't have to get mad at them. It's just a demonic spirit, politics. I don't really care about politics anyway, you know that. But listen, I'm not saying you got to agree with everybody. I'm just saying you don't have to get mad at everybody. There's so, much, there's so much nonsense in our world today. Honestly, isn't there? So much nonsense. People fighting about the stupidest things I've ever heard of in my entire life. Stop it. Stay in his love. That's more important. Stay in his love. Get off Facebook if you got to. Stop telling people what you think because they're going to argue with you. Just stay in his love. That's more important. Because look, faith works by love. 
If you're out of love, you're out of faith. Listen, Ephesians chapter six, it calls faith a shield. You have a shield called faith, right? You remember that? The full, put on the full armor of God so you may stand in the, whatever, in the evil day, having done all to stand. Thank you. Got Pastor Connie down here in case I forget a reference. She'll help me with all of it. So you put on the full armor of God. You got your helmet of salvation, the belt of truth and all this, the breastplate. But you got your shield of faith. So listen, if my faith's not working, what happens to my shield? I put my shield down. And now what's happening? Now the enemy, it says you're using your shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the devil. So now the devil sees my shields down. And what's he doing? He's laughing at me. He's lighting his dart straight out of hell and he's firing at me and I've got no shield. Do you see the importance of this? Stay in love. Because if you don't have the love working, your faith isn't working. If I'm letting somebody else upset me, that means I'm letting somebody else take my armor away so the enemy can fire at me. There's no way I'm gonna let him do that. Stay in love. Love, because when my faith is working, that the devil, he wants to fire something at me. I'm, my faith rises up, and it just puts those little darts out, and they're just falling all over. He can't get anything past me, because I've got the shield working. But when you get out of love, come on, it's a dangerous place to be you got to stay in love because he'll shoot a dart called fear and that fear will get on you and suddenly you'll feel like you're on fire and you'll be running around screaming all over the place and people, what's, what's wrong with you? I'm just, I just, something's wrong. Get in love. Get in love and knock it off. Be a big boy. Come on. Stop getting upset so easy. Somebody says something, we get, we get angry and we let a root of bitterness get inside of us. Don't let anybody keep your love from working. Come on. Don't let anybody keep your love from working. This is not a natural ability here. This this is not something we're able to do easily in the natural. This is is supernatural. You're called to live a supernatural life. You're called to live by the Holy Spirit. You're called to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You're called to walk in the Spirit. So, well, I don't feel like I can walk in love. Shut up and do it, because the Spirit's making you able. He's the one who's making you able. Ah, I just get so upset. No, stop it. Just walk in the Spirit. Walk in love. You can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. I don't care what you've been through, and I know some of us have been through things. Maybe you've been through something, like I said earlier, and you just feel like your heart's been ripped to pieces. You've been through the, you've been through the, 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 the ringer. You just feel like you're so, so hurt, and you can't let go of it. No, by the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in you, you can let go of it, you can forget the past, and you can move on to the future. But if you can't let go of the past, you'll never go into the future. If you can't let go of the hurt in your life and the bitterness and the pain in your life, you're open to every single thing the enemy wants to shoot at you. And you wonder, why do I keep getting this? And why do I keep getting that pain? And why do I keep all this? Because you're opening yourself up. You're opening up your heart to the devil. Stop it. Get your faith working. You got to get the shield of faith working, but it only works by love. You got to fix the love thing. Come on. Where were we? 
Look at verse 17 for a minute. Can you put that up on the screen? This is, this is getting good. Come on. Hang with me. In this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence. Say that word, confidence. You have, you have confidence with God. We could say boldness with God. We're told to boldly approach the throne of grace. Love, when you understand the love of God, when you understand that God loves you, when you understand how much he loves you, like Paul said in Ephesians, that you would know the height and the depth and the breadth and the width of the love of God that he has for you in Christ Jesus. If you if you'd just get a glimpse of the love of God, you'd have confidence with God. You'd have boldness with God. You could boldly approach the throne of grace. Here's what he says. Look in one chapter over, because we need some Christians living boldly. We need some people living with confidence with God who are bold with God. And look at what he says in, in chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know that. If you're, if you're in the love of God and you're remaining in him, you've got confidence that whatever you ask, he hears you. And what does he say? If he hears you, we know we have whatever we ask. Listen, you've got this kind of confidence with God. If I ask something, he's going to hear me. That, now, you, you tell some people that, they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think, in fact, they're going to think you're arrogant. They're going to tell you so. You're just arrogant. You know that? You're just, you're, you're just an arrogant fool. Think that God's going to hear you. No, listen, I, I'm just believing this word. You can call it whatever you want. Those people, that story I told you, had to send to a different town to find somebody who had the faith that could move a mountain. Every one of those people was supposed to have that kind of faith. Listen, but most people aren't living with faith. They're living with some kind of watered-down version of faith, but you're supposed to have some bold faith. If you ask something from God, he hears you. He, he hears you, and it's the love of God that he wants to hear you. And he wants to give you what you ask. You can have confidence with God. Sometimes my kids ask for something. I don't want to do it. I act like I don't hear them. But you know, those kids are persistent. And they'll keep pestering me until I give them something one way or the other. I, I got to either tell them no or yes. I, just, I try to ignore them as much as I can. But you've got confidence that God hears you. And he's going to do Whatever you ask, when you ask in his will. Well, that's where a lot of people get hung up. Well, what's the will of God? I just don't know if I'm asking. Well, come on, read this word and find out. He, doesn't, he didn't hide it from you. He hid it for you. He wants to reveal his will to you. I feel like I'm preaching harder than that, you all. Come on. Matthew chapter 7. Go here real quick. Matthew chapter 7. And um, our expectation, we need to raise our expectation level in here. Raise your expectation level. Look at Matthew 7. Look at what he says in verse 7. He says, in this translation, it says, keep asking. That's the persistence there. In the King James, it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be open. Do you, are you catching this? There, there is an expectation level that when I ask, what's going to happen? I'm going to receive. How do most people pray? Ask and hope, maybe, possibly, if God's not busy, if he's got time, if it's uh, all this blah, 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 blah. No, ask and receive. Seek, fine. It's really simple. Knock and the door will be opened. But it requires you believing this word. For everyone who asks receives. The one who searches finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. What man among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? And then he says this. This is the, what do we call this? The golden rule, right? Whatever you want to do, it's, this is a word of difference. Sorry, I've got it memorized in a different translation. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. Why does he throw that in at the end? In fact, in some Bibles, it even puts a separation there because it doesn't seem to go together, but it goes together. Lord, I ask for something. I ask you to do this for me. And so now what am I supposed to do? Before, before I can receive, I'm supposed to do for others. I do, in fact, the word of God says, do unto others as you want them to do to you. So you're supposed to do first. If I do to you, then I'm supposed to receive back. Maybe not from you, but I'll receive back from somebody else. Do you see the sowing and reaping he put in here? I sow. Lord, I expect you to, I expect you to do what I ask, so I want to do for others when they ask. Lord, I know that when, when, when I knock, you're going to open the door. So when, people, when I have people knock, I'm going to open the door for them. You see that? It's sowing and reaping. You reap whatever you sow. So I expect in faith to receive, and so I'll, I'll do what the Lord says. You with me? Okay. Thank you, Lord. You have confidence with God. Did, did Jesus have confidence with God? Did Jesus believe that God always heard him? Did Jesus believe that when he prayed, he would get whatever he was asking for? You're not any different. That went over well. You're not any different. Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Have you been made a child of God? A joint heir with Jesus? What makes you any different? Believe that when you ask, you'll receive. In fact, throw that verse up there, John 17, 23, if you got that one. Jesus is he's now praying for his disciples. He says, I'm in them, and you are in me. May they be completely one, so the world may know that you've sent me, and listen to this, and that you've loved them just like you love me. So God loves you with the same love that he loved Jesus. Just Jesus, he, God loves you just like he loved Jesus. And then let me go back to that verse we were reading, verse 17 of 1 John 4. In this love is perfected so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment for as he is. Here it is, come on, hang with me. For as he is, so are we in this world. Listen, listen, if you tell most people that, now, now we're taking it a step further. 
You just, now you told people that you got confidence with God. Now you tell them, as just like Jesus is, so am I in this world. They're going to crucify you. Oh, you want to be like Jesus? We'll, we'll put you up there on the cross. You, you're not like Jesus. Who do you think you are? I'm just somebody who believes this word. For as he is, I've got the same authority because he gave it to me. Every, it's, not, it's not me. See, don't get confused. Some people get so confused by this and they think, man, you're trying to make yourself out to be something you're not. No, I'm not. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus by believing everything that he said. I'm believing everything he did for me because he took my life. When my life was broken, when your life was broken, he didn't want you to stay broken, so he puts you back together, but he never puts something back together like it was before he makes it better. And he puts you back together better, and he made you right with God. And he gave you, he made you a joint heir with him and he seated you in Christ Jesus in heavenly places and he gave you his authority and he gave you his power and he gave you his own Holy Spirit and he gave you power and authority in this earth and he says, just like, just like I am, so are you in this world. That's what Jesus did for you. Come on. And it, it's, 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 a, it's not honoring him to say anything less. It does not honor him and what he did for us when we say, well, no, 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 we just got to suffer a few more weary days and then we'll fly away. That's not what Jesus said. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Come on. For as he is, so are we in this world. And I'm going to close it with this. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. The one who fears has not reached perfection love, but we love because he first loved us. See, listen, when the enemy tries to come against you, when the enemy tries to bring fear, that faith rises up. The faith that's grounded in the love of God. When the enemy tries to bring fear, the love of God comes up. Now you can't get past the love of God. You can't make me afraid. What do you have to be afraid of? There's nothing in this world you should be afraid of. Why? Because Jesus has made a way for you. Jesus has given himself for you. God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to put your life back together again. What do I have to be afraid of? Well, death. Death, where's your victory? Grave, where's your sting? Come on. Oh, there's lots of things to be afraid of in this world. No, there's not, because I know my God is great. He said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I know my God is my source, my provider. He's the one who makes a way. I'm afraid of the, uh, the pandemic, and I don't, I'm out of work and all this, blah, blah. No, no. Listen, my God will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Come on. You've got nothing to be afraid of. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Why don't you stand up with me? And just bow your heads for a moment. You just got to stay in his love. Stay in the love of God. Faith works by love. And this morning, maybe you're here and you say, I really need to experience the love of God. Maybe you're here and you're, you're, you have some brokenness in your life, some brokenness in your body, your relationships, your marriage, something. You say, I need to experience the love of God. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. 
But let me ask, maybe there's somebody here this morning, you're like Zacchaeus and you say, my life is a mess and I wanna ask Jesus to come in because I know when he comes in, he's gonna put everything back together again. He's gonna come in and he's gonna mend my broken heart. He's gonna come in and he's gonna save my soul. He's gonna come in and change my life. And this morning, you know your life isn't right with Jesus Christ. And this morning you wanna make it right and you wanna invite him to come in. Don't be like Judas who sat for three and a half years in the presence, the very presence of God and did nothing about it. No, you gotta invite him in. And if he's calling you this morning, maybe you're watching online this morning and you feel the Holy Spirit calling you today. I wanna tell you something, the word of God says, well, you, can never, you can never come to him unless you're called. And today if he's calling you, and you feel that calling in your spirit, don't reject it because you don't know if you'll get another chance today. You don't know what the, the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And today, if you need to make your life right with Jesus, right where you are, I want you to raise your hand, just wave it at me so I can see it. Or if you're watching online, we just wanna pray with you today, right where you are. Just say this with me, say, Jesus, come into my heart. I invite you in today. Forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. Put my life back together, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer with us, I want you to let us know. Send us a message and let us know so we can rejoice with you and, and um, pray for you. But for the rest of you this morning, if you're here and you say, I need my life put back together. I feel broken inside. I need, I need to experience the love of God today. We want to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, I just need, I need to have the love working in my life. I need to have faith working in my life. I'm going through a situation. I'm going through something. I need the, I need the miracle working power of Jesus in my life today. Maybe it's for a touch in your body or a miracle for your, your financial situation or your family, whatever it might be. We want to pray for you today. If you want prayer, I want to invite you to do one of two things. I want you to come down to the front if you're comfortable and just one person will come pray for you or raise your hand right where you're at and we'll just pray together and agree together. But if you need prayer for one of those things today and you say, I want my life put back together again. I want, I want my heart mended. I've been through some brokenness. I've been through some hurt and some pain. I want to experience the love of God today. I want you to raise your hand or come to the front. Or if you say, I need a miracle touch in my body, I want you to raise your hand or come on down. Anybody this morning? Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna pray for you right where you're at this morning. Lord, I thank you this morning for the miracle working power of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for those that have been hurt, those that have brokenness, those that have pain in their hearts. Lord, we thank you today for mending. Lord, you came to put us back together again. You didn't want us to stay broken, Lord, but you want to heal the brokenhearted. So Lord, we lift up the broken this morning that you're not gonna be broken, you're not leaving this room broken anymore, but he's putting you back together. I just thank you, Lord, even right now, the, the, the power of God to wash over those this morning that need that touch from God today, that need to feel that love. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing and bringing healing to the hurt. And this morning, anybody who needs a miracle, I just agree with me right now, Lord, we thank you for miracles to be released. Lord, for healing in bodies, for healing in minds, for healing in emotions, Lord God. We just thank you, Father, for mending. We thank you for, for restoration, Lord. We thank you for renewing our youth like the eagles today. Lord, we just declare 
the provision today. We thank you that all of our needs are met in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you've done for us. We bless your name. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place today. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say amen. God bless you this morning.